Hello there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S3E7. Crazy. <laughs> this episode will probably be about Maya and Spencer, I'm guessing. Oh, that's right. Mona and Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> if it was about Maya, it'd be called Crazy Old. Or it's Crazy Terrible. Mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we open with Hannah actually at home, seemingly morning time, uh, talking on the phone with her mom. Mm -hmm. Her mom is out of town. And so it's a lot of conversation with Hannah saying like, don't worry, Caleb won't come over. He lost my number. Um, I'm not going to have anyone over. Yes. I'm going to go to school, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. Ashley's out of town for a conference. Uh, then Wilden stops by, stops by the back door. Yeah, just as she gets off the phone, Wilden shows up just to be a dick, basically, at the back entrance. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. He asks if Ashley's home. And for a moment, Hannah's just like, ugh, you know. And he's like, because I'm not allowed to talk to you without a guardian present. So and tell I, your mom. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was funny because, I mean, like, hey, guys, remember when, like, Veronica Hastings, like, busted Wilden's ass with us back in season one? Mm -hmm. yeah. So he says, so tell your mom that uh, we need you to come in for a blood sample. <laughs> Because that anklet they got, the blood on it, it's O negative, which is Hannah's type. Uh, and he brings up the out the Laurentis family is like up his ass for answers. Mm -hmm. And he basically he says, well, you know, we know you slipped that note under Garrett's mom's wristband. And so you're suspect number one now. <laughs> and it's just like, prove it. And he's just like, I've got tons of witnesses. Well, she says, in that room. she's like, you know, you have no proof that I did that. And he says, multiple witnesses are you coming out of that room, Hannah. And Hannah says, well, they're wrong. And then she just kind of like, like stare at each other as Hannah kind of considers how believable that is. Yeah. It's like, hmm, that might not hold up. Whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what Hannah's face is saying. Um, so, yeah, then we kind of cut to after the credits. The four girls are walking down the street. Uh, Hannah is, of course, freaking out. Well, I, I assume this is in the morning before school. This is just one of their, like, early jaunts and their busy socialize they have before school even starts in the morning, like 7 o'clock in the morning or whenever this is supposed to be. Yeah, they, these girls have lifetimes before school starts each day. I don't get anything accomplished before, like, 4 p.m. These <laughs> girls, it's like. They have a whole other day at their disposal. Well, by 7 a.m., they're on their third cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Except for Spencer, who's on like her 10th. Um, A wants Garrett out of jail so that Hannah can take his place. That's Hannah's theory. Um, yeah, Hannah's freaking out about it. Arya's basically just like, chill out. You didn't kill anyone. Do you want to talk about Arya's outfit? Oh, there's two things worth mentioning. Maybe three things worth mentioning with Arya's outfit. Okay. Number one is that she has a white t-shirt on and... In kind of black script lettering, it says Born to Run on it. <laughs> it's underneath a black jacket. Number two, she's got this kind of big, hideous like headband on that's yeah. like blue and green, which doesn't match anything else she's wearing. Is it really blue and green? It like had like tiny little pieces of like blue and green in it. It's okay, mostly okay. like dark, but yeah. I didn't really notice that because about 98% of her outfit, oh, well, let's be fair, 93% of her outfit is some kind of black or white or shade of gray. Yeah. And yeah, then, which is why it's weird that there's color in her uh, headband, but there's that's also... That's not the most noticeable color. The most yeah. noticeable color is... She's got these earrings that appear to just be these big, 
like inch wide like isosceles triangle like sheets of metal uh and they're painted green. neon green yeah yeah and they're just dangling like the, i mean it's like what the fuck are you what's going on there meanwhile next to her spencer is dressed like a swedish assassin she's dressed like sailor moon basically yeah like high-heeled sailor moon maybe um she's got on these kind of crazy calf high boots that are like super like five inch heels and then like a sailor moon skirt uh you really see how tall she is because like you know, you see, like, all of her legs, like, below the skirt, even though it's, oh, like, yeah. a fairly long skirt. 75% of Troy and Belisario is legs. Mm-hmm. And um, then just, like, the white blouse, yeah. At first, when I couldn't see the bottom of her boots, I was like, is she wearing rollerblades or something? <laughs> or, like, roller skates? I don't know. Well, yeah, they're they're very tightly laced up like that. Yeah, they, they look like they could be roller skates. Like, she's going to do some kind of, I don't know, a spiral jump thing and then get graded on it by a series of, like, judges of you know numbers a triple lutz exactly yeah. um so hannah you know needs some fucking resolution to this this nonsense and as she comes back soon so basically hannah figures she's got about 48 hours to take care of this slash freak out mm-hmm. uh meanwhile spencer says she she'll talk to jason even though she can barely look him in the eye right now she'll see what he knows about this because this Wilden's kind of implying that like the family is pressuring this like the family's behind Allie. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Hannah needing to be tested. And that, that that's how I read it. And then there's there's floated, I think, from Emily, who's basically Spencer, mm-hmm. that uh, maybe Veronica can block this court order, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Veronica can just take care of that. Um, uh, Hannah's stressed, so she bounces. Yeah. Speaking of Emily being Spencer, should I just do a brief recap of my theory? Because we're gonna be talking about that a lot in this episode. Yeah, because I think you could seriously read this episode through that uh that thing. So please do. So my long time pet theory about the show uh it's a couple parts one part is that spencer is a killer another part is that Arya is a uh but the the part that holds it all together is that Arya, or i'm sorry hannah and emily are not real hannah's Arya's kind of like imagined self and emily is spencer's imagined self uh and Arya and spencer are of course completely insane completely and that's going to come up a lot in this episode, especially between Arya and Hannah, because they basically act like one unit. And are we saying this this theory is hard and fast? No, we're not psychopaths. It's a very fun way to view the show, though. And it just also, it makes it all make so much more sense. Also, like if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, first of all, thank you. Secondly, like you're probably tired of us bringing up this theory, but you know, deal with it. We're gonna bring it up every few episodes again, it's especially one of my favorite theories. Sorry. Especially in an episode like this, where it bears repeating. <laughs> um, so, so Spencer, yeah, Emily, and Arya go into the brew, and the, as they're they're chatting, oh, we should, there's just a brief conversation there where Arya's like, "How could a possibly have gotten your blood, Hannah?" And they're just basically like, "Arya, you're an idiot." Like Emily doesn't remember like a whole night. Like, yeah, obviously it's not gonna trouble a that much to get your blood. Well, and that question will be answered like in 10 minutes, but yeah. So, so it's Emily and Aria go into the brew and as they're just kind of chatting in their own little world there, uh, they hear a girl say behind them, trust me, you're always better off with a really good lie. Mm-hmm. We should briefly mention as they walk in, Spencer is one, they're wondering if they should call Ashley Marin and let her know what's going on with Hannah. And Spencer says, this isn't shoplifting. So she won't have much pull with Will. <laughs> Can't f- <laughs> basically spencer's like you can't fuck away a murder 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, mysterious blonde. Oh, forgot the e on that. Hold on. Yeah, she she has her back. Take it from me. You're always better off with a really good lie. And they're yeah. just like, what? That yeah. sounds weirdly familiar and creepy. Yeah, this blonde has has her back to us. She's she's at the uh, counter, like talking to the barista or whatever. And they're they're like, I think as Emily says, is it me or did that sound like? And then all the girls like turn around and say, Allison in unison. <laughs> and uh, this this lady turns around. It's not Allison. It's someone who has very similar hairdo to Allison. I mean, it's basically the same hairdo on a different person. Who's also blonde. Uh, she's older, a little bitchier. This is Cece. Cece Drake. Mm-hmm. And she added, like, just right off the bat, she, like, kind of reveals that she, because she's like, oh, do you know me? And they're like, oh, you look like a friend of ours, Allison De Laurentiis. And, like, she's like, oh, Allison. You know, like, yes, I know her. <laughs> well, no, like, her, her, she's just like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, a friend used to say that. And she's just like, the kind of person Cece is, she's like, oh, yeah, your friend sounds pretty brilliant. Who's that? You know, and they're just like, Allison De Laurentiis. And she just kind of like pauses. She's like, so you knew Allison, huh? Mm. <laughs> oh, and I like how we find out she knows Allie and she says that they had a, they, their families used to vacation together in Cape May, mm-hmm. which is uh, some sort of beach place. I don't know where exactly Cape May is supposed to be, if it's in Pennsylvania or where, but uh, they vacationed in Cape May, and they had a couple really intense weeks. Yeah, a couple intense weeks. Um, so she's like, well, so who are you guys, you know? And, and Spencer's, the, Spencer's the only one. She's just like, oh, I'm Spencer Hastings, you know? Or I'm Spencer. Yeah. And Cece's just like, oh, you're Melissa Hastings' little sister. And she's like, I've heard of you guys. I've heard of all of you. Yeah, she's like, Ellie talked about all of you guys. Yeah, so Cece just moved back from L.A., um, she says that she dated Jason for a bit, um, and that was part of the intensity. So she's she kind of is like, uh, uh, surely Allison mentioned me, and they're like, well, no. And and Cece, Cece it's like the only time the kind of like bravado of Cece drops, and she's mm. but she plays it very cool. She's just like, well, it was an intense couple weeks for me, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a rough time for Allie, and she says Allie was like a broken doll, and they're just like they're mostly just kind of like mouth open agape but like just like cc's basically like the older bitchier version of their friend and it's like uncanny to them cc is very like commanding in her scenes like she kind of just like sucks up a spotlight i want to say she's almost like a uh uh a blonde uh holly golightly you know or somebody mm-hmm. who who really emulates holly golightly as if that's something that you should emulate um but but like bitchier yeah, definitely like bitchier. I don't. I don't want to say more uh, acidic, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's got an edge. Um, and she she says, "Oh, you know, I'd love to talk about uh, these intense couple of weeks or whatever." And Allie being a broken doll, but she's like her boss is gonna like yell at her. She's late because she works like across the street or something. Her boss, um, who is high strung and aggressively sober. <laughs> But CC, she turns to Arya and she's like, "If you ever want to do any free shopping, come on over, and I'll like, uh, you know, look the other way." And Arya's like, "Oh, I think you're thinking of Hannah. She's the one who shoplifts, basically." And, and CC, but CC's great though. She just kind of smirks and then leaves, mm-hmm. like, like, no, I'm not. I'm not talking to the wrong person. I'm talking to you. Yeah, because you are Hannah. Yeah, that that's one of the many times in this episode when Arya is. Confuse her Hannah or fills in for Hannah, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Cece, she works at this new boutique across the street from the brew. Uh, once she's gone, 
the three girls are just kind of just like, Jesus Christ, she's freakishly like Allie. Or, quite possibly, Allie was freakishly like her? Well, possibly more likely. You yeah. know, Cece's the older one. It's kind of like, oh, this is where Allie got all of her ticks from. Mm-hmm. This is this is that older person that the younger person gets their a lot of their personality from as a teenager. And Emily points out that the CC Basie has that same like hip out head tilted look that Allie had, plus that ability to like look like look at you and make it seem like she was looking right through you and like she knew all your secrets. Which what I should I love that Emily points that out, considering that CC basically talked to Spencer and Arya, mm-hmm. and kind of ignored Emily altogether. Yeah. Anyway, time to break it down. Uh, Aria section. Mm-hmm. We actually start with Ella. Ella's unzipping a garment bag in class. Awesome. Yeah. Like she just has like a like a coat rack with a garment bag hanging from it in her classroom. Uh, Which is where else are you gonna hang that? Like obviously like, her class is not in session right now, but like you know what I mean? Like you're not like putting that behind the desk or whatever. Like I guess you just zip it back up. And... But still, like now your students are spending the whole day looking at your garment bag. Maybe just move it over the corner. I don't know. But the way it's shot, it for a moment, you're like, is that a body bag? You know, like the way it's, it's yeah. shot very up close to the unzipping. But no, it's a garment bag. And she's got, this, this she's got like just of, an, an outfit in there. Yeah, this episode does a lot of just kind of lingering on things when you're not having actual scenes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Arya shows up. Maybe to say hi to her mom, but really because there's some bills. Dropping off some bills. You forgot easy. to tell Vanity Fair that you moved. Sees the outfit and just immediately starts interrogating Ella. She's like, well, what's going on with this? This this scene actually has like one of my favorite Arya moments ever. But oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ella has a date tonight, and it's on the website that Arya made her join. Ella's a little nervous, and so Arya's like, well, let's get down to the brass tacks. Like, who is he? Where does he live? Where does he live? And what's the hair situation? Yeah, and Ella says, plenty, and it's on his head. And Arya's just Silver like, fox. Excellent. Nice eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Ella's like, yeah, you know, he's kind of got a, a silver fox thing going on. And then Arya, wonderful Arya, she she looks over at the outfit and she goes, that's that's what you're wearing? <laughs> it's just totally like, you're wearing that? Yeah. And Ella says, I thought I was. <laughs> and she's like, wait, why am I asking you? You wear forks as earrings. And, and Arya basically straight up like shushes her mom. She's like, she doesn't like, she doesn't, well, she, she, absorbs she holds insult. out a hand with like a finger up and she goes, no, no, no. I like it. She never looks at Ella. It's like she doesn't absorb that insult. Like it just mm-hmm. bounces off her and she just kind of like, yeah, finger up, just kind of like, like, no, no, no. Put like, the finger like up in her face. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, to make it worse, she offers her approval. <laughs> Ella's just wondering what the fuck is going on right now. But she she points out that this dress is pretty daring for Ella, but tells Ella that she basically forbids her to wear a scarf of it. And Ella's like, well, what makes you think I would wear a scarf of this? And Ari's like, well, you know, because I've known you 100% of my life. Well, it's great because uh, as Ella points out in this scene, she's she hasn't been on a date this century. And Arya has, so... Arya has some theoretical knowledge on the dating scene that Ella doesn't have. And Ella's like momentarily vulnerable to that sort of advice. Right. I feel like by the end of the scene, she just remembered that her daughter's like, what, 17 or something? Like a 17 year old, uh, adorable sociopath. Yeah. 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 And not only does she not want advice from her daughter, but just the idea that her underage daughter is giving her dating advice is just creeping her out. Yeah. Yeah. 
And should be creeping Arya out too. But that's Arya's an adult in her mind. This is her wheelhouse, yeah. Yeah. So uh we catch up with Arya and Hannah, they walk into Hannah's house. I like how just the conversation as they're walking in, Arya's basically talking about I can't believe Allie never mentioned us, presumably to Cece. Yeah. Yeah. Or and Allie never mentioned Cece to us, I should say. And Hannah's just like, I wonder if anyone can cheat on a blood test. Yeah. Hey, I love that. Oh, she's like, hey, can you cheat on a blood test? And Hannah is just like immediately dismissive. Like, that's not going to happen. Or Arya's just like immediately dismissive. She's like, that's not going to happen. Well, I like just the lampshading of, uh, I can't believe Allie never mentioned Cece to us because she's this brand new character on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who we never heard of before, who seems to know Allie, yeah. So then they come in the kitchen and there's a Ouija board on the counter. And the letter A is circled in red. And what do they call this thing? A planchette? I don't know. But uh, the the little thing you move around. Oh, is... uh, planchette, or I think at one point, I think Hannah even says like stylus later. I don't know the hand like... thing. Yeah, but yeah, well, Arya says hand thing or something. Mm-hmm. But I think later they also refer to it as a stylus. I could be wrong about that. I could probably Wikipedia what it's called. But I don't care. Yeah. Um, Arya's face basically says, "Oh, that's weird," and Hannah's face says, "Oh, fuck." Well, and she she walks over to it, and Arya says, "Don't touch it." But Hannah touches it anyway, and it somehow like immediately cuts her finger. Yeah, as she like it's... she grabs the hand thing and like pulls it back, and the thing flips over. It is crazy suspicious how uh, Arya yells, "Don't touch it!" Yeah, immediately right cuts Hannah. Hannah, and then so Hannah like sucks on her finger, which starts bleeding. Well, they, so they flip it over, whatever the hell the thing's called, um, mm-hmm. the hand thing. And there's like a bunch of like nails or something sticking out of it, like just designed to cut you. Mm-hmm. And a note taped to it that says, "See how easy it, it is to get your blood." But it's not signed from A. No, but the A is circled on the Ouija board. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's pretty much implied. Yeah, but it's 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 a nice little subtle move because these little nails things that they're they're under on the other side. Like you're not going to see them mm-hmm. until so, you try to pick it up. And, or I guess unless one of your friends suspiciously yells at you for the do to do so, um, mm-hmm. to not do so. So Hannah is freaking out. Like, does this mean the A was in my house? Like, she runs through the back doors locked. Do you think this means A has a key? Well, like Hannah, like at this point, why are you worried that A has a key? Like a key, like a lock, whatever. Stop A. I mean, by like, now you should have figured that out. Well, and you know, like assume that A has access to your house, Hannah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. Mona was able to get in all the time. Now, granted, Mona was Hannah's friend, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's not like they were like, giving, like, Ashley and Hannah were giving Mona a key. Well, she could well, still get in. Residential is, locks like, are a. trivial. Yeah, this is, like, super A. Um, but, yeah, so, Hannah, but more than that, I think Hannah's, it's clear that Hannah's freaking out about more than just this. And Arya has to kind of beat it out of her, but eventually she gets Hannah to calm down and say that uh, that little handpiece from the Ouija board is what she put in Allie's casket. Right. Yeah, and all the Mona and, something in the casket. Yeah. Mona and her were playing with the Ouija board uh, before, just before they found Allie's body. So then we flash back to Hannah and Mona play the Ouija board on a dark and stormy night. I gotta say, it's wonderful just to see like kind of the the old Mona before anyone knew she was a like yeah. the way she interacts with Hannah. Well, this scene this scene is especially great though because you're reading it through yeah. the revelation that she's a mm-hmm. and. <laughs> it's just it's magnificent Mona's basically like really having to uh twist hannah's arm to get her to play with the ouija board 
And, you know, and she's like, well, what should we ask you? And Hannah's like, uh, maybe we should ask if Sean still has his V card. And Mona says, like, we need the spirit world to tell us that. Yeah. Um, but well, it's the, like, the best thing about that line, too, is as she's saying it, she basically just like checks out Hannah's rack and like looks back up at her. Like, yeah. it's very subtle, but it's like, not only does, is Mona like well aware that, uh, Sean's not interested, but she clearly is. Yeah. Um, so it seems there's off of Hannah, just like, seriously, you know, when Mona brings up the Ouija board and Mona's just like, I know I didn't believe in it either, but this summer, my cousin, and I contacted a ghost who knew all kinds of impossible stuff. <laughs> so they start, like they put both their hands on the little hand thing. And so Mona just asks, you know, if the spirits can hear them and this thing starts moving to yes, like right to yes. And so Hannah's like, he did that, right? Well, Mona's like, what? No. Yeah, it's the old time. I'm not moving it. You're moving it, you know. So uh, the que- you know, the question is proposed about the V-card thing. Um, Mona proposed asking a question about whether or not Allison's coming back. And Hannah, you know, she doesn't want to. She's kind of freaked out. But Mona kind of forces the issue. So Mona asks the spirits if they know what happened to Allison Dorentis. And the thing starts moving. So then Mona does that. Okay, you did that right. Mm-hmm. But long story short, it spells out alive. Yeah, yeah. And then a lightning flashes and Hannah looks up and sees Allison for a second outside the like uh, patio door there and through the glass. Mm-hmm. And then she like gasps and looks again. There's no one there. Yeah. And so maybe maybe it was just a, a hallucination. So back to present day. Arya is basically like, look, like Mona was a then she probably just hired somebody to stand outside and scare you. Yeah, yeah. And Hannah's like, well, it worked. <laughs> yeah. And they basically say, well, if nobody else knew this, and this could prove that Mona is still A. And so Arya kind of resolves that she's going to go talk to Mona, whether or not uh, she's allowed to talk to her. She's just going to bully her Arya way in. I don't care if answers. I have to scale the walls. I am meeting with Mona today. Yeah. And then which, a, can I just say real quick, can you just imagine a sequence in which like you see the walls of Rally and like a grappling <laughs> hook flies over and like Arya just like, climbs over the top? I could absolutely envision that in my mind, yeah. Uh, then a flower pot breaks outside, and you know, who knows why. Maybe it just fell over because of the wind. And so Hannah's like, I'm sleeping at your house tonight. So, and Arya's like, well, you were already. We're the yeah. same person. Mm-hmm. Cut to Ella's like at the brew like for the beginning of her date. Um, and there's like a kind of scruffy-looking baker bro, like dude with an apron on. I'll go with Baker, bro. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, it's uh, maybe mid to late 30s. He's got a t-shirt on. He thinks he's in his 20s. Yeah. yeah. One well, of this guy, guys. it's like, is that a goatee? Have you just not shaved in a while? I don't know. Yeah, is that like sculpted peach fuzz? Who can tell? Um, mm-hmm. LS the family's there, uh, and she isn't, which is why this guy's out front. Ordinarily, he wouldn't be, apparently, but everyone else has abandoned him. Yeah. And Ella, but he says Emily will be back soon. And Ella's really hoping to not have like her first date in front of her daughter's friends. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy is just like, LOL, first date, huh? That's basically a job interview about the forms. And Ella's like, yeah, there were forms. There were forms. Yeah. So a little bit of small talk. And he's like, well, hopefully your guy isn't out of prison for just a night or something like that. And this, he's just kind of like tweaking her, you know? Yeah. And there's, then there's some, 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 some saucy butter talk. Yeah. Yeah. The date shows up. It's Pastor Ted. Pastor fucking Ted. And my notes just say, boo. I hate Pastor Ted so much. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Pastor Ted. a little shit for having ordered coffee. Already. Well, it's a little awkward. He's like, oh, you already ordered? 
I uh I saw an ice cream out there. I was thinking we'd, you know, go get some ice cream. Like it was like that was his whole plan was like I'm gonna show up and casually say, Hey, I passed an ice cream place, you wanna get some? But like then he showed up and she'd already ordered and it threw off his whole game and so he, he went through it anyway, explaining what his game was going to be. Yes. Yeah. And the baker bro, like Ella's like, eh, fine, whatever. So she leaves with them and the baker guy just kinda they both he just like makes eye contact with Ella as they're both just kinda like mm. I felt like Ella kinda gave him a look. And he was oh, yeah. just kind of bemused. Like Ella Ella gave him a look, like, Well, here I go. Yeah. And he just kinda like smirked a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um so then Arya goes to Radley. Arya goes to Radley. Uh, Mona's status has changed. She's now permitted visitors. Mm-hmm. So they'll let Arya in, but they make her take her earrings off. Yeah, it's so wonderful. The nurse is just like, you gotta leave your purse, your cell phone, lighters, matches. Oh, and those hideous earrings. Yeah. Too. Which could probably be used to shit someone. Or they're just, you know, gross. Um, yeah, so Arya, like, she's gladly handing over these items, but she just, you know, hears somebody screaming. Oh, it's like porch. a, that's like a horror movie shriek, you know? Um, but she's just like, what the fuck, you know? And like the nurse is like completely unfazed. Um, just like earrings, bitch. Yeah. Animal. So then Arya signs. <laughs> I'm in. not giving these back. They're hideous. <laughs> I'll just throw these away for you. That's, that's what you wanted to do, right? <laughs> you give these to a blacksmith, and you can, uh, you know, melt them down and make a knife out of it. <laughs> um. So the nurse like leads her into the common room and right over to where Mona is, like in the corner, like with a deck of cards by herself. And Mona is just like. Hello, Arya. <laughs> On the nurse doesn't leave, and Arya's just like, uh, bitch, you can go now. Yeah, but well, Arya's like, we need to talk. And then she gives the nurse a look. Like, you may go. Yeah, and the nurse is like, her visits are supervised now. But she won't even know I'm here. So she picks up a magazine, sits on the couch. Mm-hmm. And Arya kind of is just like, she's kind of like watching the nurse. Like, is this real? The whole time that Arya's, you know, looking at the nurse, talking to the nurse, whatever, Mona never takes her eyes off Arya. Mm-hmm. Well, she starts shuffling up the cards and she says, so, would you like to play a game? Yeah. This Let's is a great see. sequence of just like Arya's like reactions to things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dangerous game. So meanwhile, in the park. We're like like watching Ella and Pastor Ted. I I it, I've started calling him Bro Pastor Ted for this scene. Oh, I guess I can feel that. Yeah, he's definitely his story. Pastor he's Ted. telling this lame ass story that finishes. I was there, so they asked me to officiate. Yeah, and Ella's just like, heh, heh, heh. so if you're ever in Phuket in September, bring an umbrella. Which just anyone who begins a sentence with your ever if you're ever in Phuket should probably just be shivved in the ribs. Oh, in general, leave your asshole backpacking stories out of first dates. Yeah. Because you, you kind of get the feeling he's yourself. been talking about himself the whole time, too. Yeah. And then he laughs afterwards. He's like, if you're in Phuket in September, bring in Bella. <laughs> and then Ella kind of notices the way he's eating his ice cream, which is he kind of scrapes around the sides and leaves a mound in the middle. He can't and, stop watching it. Yeah, she can't stop watching and it. And she just like grimaces and he's just like, what is something I said, you know? Well, he, he, the way his reaction though is just like, what? Was it too much church talk? You know, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. like he knew there would be something wrong. Like, this is it. And oh gosh, why are all my dates like this? And Ella lies terribly. She's just like, no, no, no. I'm impressed. I've, I've never met a pastor who like heard the calling while boogie boarding in Samoa. And then he's like pretty pleased with himself. Yeah. Yeah. Even though she looks, me. even though she looks very uninterested now. Uh, also, another reason I don't trust fucking bro Pastor Ted here 
wasn't he just dating Ashley like last episode? Like, Ashley, he's like playing the field. Yeah, he's playing the field. Ashley, like they were dancing. She had a headache. Mm-hmm. She she seemed to play off the headache pretty naturally. This is to me like I don't. I mean, I guess they're just dating or on mm-hmm. a date. He's not. It's not against the rules for him to go on another date. But no, but it does kind of make him seem like a dude who's like on the prowl. Oh yeah. Yeah, but he's he's a pastor on the prowl. Yeah, which what the hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so cut back to. I kept Radley. waiting for Ella just to be like, "Oh, you know what? I just got my period. I got to go or something." Like that, you know? <laughs> um, that would be a great way to get out of something. <laughs> too, bad okay, too bad I'm a man. I can't use that. I actually <laughs> love that. Um, but yeah, cut back to Radley. Mona's building like a big card house and talking about how like it's all about a foundation. It's a good foundation. You can build anything. Well, like Arya, so like she's like gritting her teeth, like she just wants to like headbutt Mona mm-hmm. or something. Um, and so she says Hannah couldn't make it, and then Mona instantly takes this as some kind of signal, and she turns to the nurse Lisa and says, "Well, isn't it time for my medicine?" And the nurse kind of bounces off, and then Mona's just like she turns back to Arya and it was like deadly laser precision she's just like you have about 25 seconds to talk about where you're really here 24 23 yeah and so aria is basically like uh she, she talks about i didn't get the exact dialogue but she talks about the the ouija board piece that showed up and you know like she wants to know who's behind this well and- i i love this though because it's it's a minor detail but i love the way mona thinks where um well first of all aria says something like look I know you don't like me, and I promise you the feeling is mutual. And, and Mona's just kind of like, I don't give a shit about that. Mona's just yeah. like, shade. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, um, she says something like, this showed up on the counter, and Mona's just like, are you sure it's the same one? And Ari's like, yes. And Mona, like, I love she's just like, how? Mm-hmm. How are you sure? You know? Yeah. And I like at one part, at one point in this little quick conversation, Arya's just like, look, you know, like, I want you to cut the bullshit and tell me, like, if you know who's behind this. Hannah believes your friendship was real. And Mona cuts in and says, our friendship was real. Yeah. Yeah, well, then Arya kind of starts in with the, like, the, like, I swear to God. On the vague threats, yeah. This. Yeah, you know, which is adorable coming from Arya. Yeah. And terrifying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because, I mean, I can and just see, like, like lightning bolts shooting out of her eyes. And just as the nurse is coming back, Mona says, it isn't me. And yeah. tell Hannah I'm sorry. Yeah, as she... she the visiting hours are over. Mona's being led away by the nurse, and she just kind of looks back over her shoulder, which is the move you do, I think, whenever someone's leading you away in a mm-hmm. mental hospital. You make sure you look back at somebody and say something cryptic. like Get, get the last word in, yeah. Yeah, tell Hannah I'm sorry. Or sorry about the poison I just put in your cup. Um, <laughs> yeah, so back at the coffee shop. Well, it's, it's night now, and Ella has returned from her date to the brew again. She she runs into Scruffy Baker Bro, who's now wearing a leather jacket. So obviously he's awesome. Um, this guy is pretty awesome, to be honest. I, I want to be this guy in a, like four or five years. Really? He could do a lot worse. In this town, I guess you're right. <laughs> to, to be fair, I love he's, to point he's out, got a leather jacket. This he is uh, the only has guy. some totally chill job that apparently consists of like taking pastries off a a. Uh, yeah, the cooking sheet and putting them like on a display and like, pouring coffee occasionally it seems pretty chill to me well i think i think uh like 25 percent of his required duties are flirting mm-hmm. but uh he is the only guy probably the only guy ever in rosewood who actually is 
he's got his like like his I don't know his he, he's setting his designs on a woman older than him. Yeah, I don't think amazing. that happens in this town. I don't yeah. think maybe, maybe he's in the wrong town. I don't know. Maybe he meant like to be in Cape May or something. He's supposed to be in like Mystic Falls or something. Yeah. yeah. So his uh, Ella's excuse is a little bit flimsy. She's just like, oh, I was trying to get in touch with my daughter, and I thought Emily might know where she is. Not which entirely is probably, flimsy though. It's, it's probably, probably accurate, true. Yeah. But he's taking it as it's flimsy. And well, so he he's like, how's the date? date. Yeah. yeah. And Ella says it was fine, and he's like, but there's not going to be another one. Yeah. So he. He, you know, takes off like the the cover on some of the pastries, and he starts putting two of them, not one, mm-hmm. two of them on a plate. And he's like, "Well, just so the night ends on a sweet note." Yeah, here's some some pastries, and he's like, "Oh, we can't sell day old pastry." And then there's like this very flirtatious, uh, "You can't sell pastry to people my age." And he's like, "What's wrong with your age?" He and says this, and then like, like sex eyes, porno music starts playing. Yeah, those yeah. are bedroom eyes there. Um, and then Ella has this very witty, like weird, giddy schoolgirl crush guffaw thing that comes out of her. Could be best described as sploosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She might puddle a little bit there. Um, she says thanks, but that she'll take them to go since they're closing. And he's like, "Hey, I close when I want to close, baby." He's I like, you can, place. "You can stay if I want." Uh, one of the perks of ownership. And yeah. she's like, "Oh, you own the place." Hmm. And he's he's like, "Yeah, I've got an asshole name like Zach." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the one uh, demerit for this guy. His name is Zach. <laughs> Zach the Baker Bro. Yeah. So they're uh, they're gonna just hang out and eat some pastry. I mean, I I think you could say it by comparison, this dude is way way better than fucking Bro Pastor Ted. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Without a doubt, he's, uh, he's not telling lame ass stories about being in Phuket. True, and to be fair. Uh, based on these two scenes, I don't like hate this guy. Yeah. Based on like any two random scenes that you could pull out of like Byron, you know. Well, well and this guy's like, "Hey, Pastor Ted, you can talk about Fouquet all you want. My leather jacket does the talking for me." I would love for those two guys to have to bro off for Ella's affections. <laughs> yeah. So later on, uh, Ella calls Arya from the brew. Um. Well, let's we'll say Arya and Hannah had some adventures, but now they're back at home. Uh, Arya's she's like changed, you know, ready for bed, and Ella calls. Yeah, yeah. Ella's calling from the brew, and Arya's like, "How'd the date go?" And she's like, "Hey, you know, it wasn't so great, but I think I'm on another one now." And Arya's just like, "What?" Yeah. Um. So basically, she says, "Well, the first date, like, he ate ice cream, like Byron did. That was what the the eating it by scraping the edges thing. Like Byron did the same thing." It's so great, is that that Ella's just like. He eats uh he eats ice cream like your dad does. And Arya immediately comes in with he scrapes the sides and leaves a mound in the middle. Mm-hmm. What I love, like this is the second time this season where one of them has to be like something something your dad does, and the other is just like blah 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 the exact thing, mm-hmm. you know? Well and and Arya's just like, Well, you know, that's not a reason not to date a guy. And Ella's like, Well the guy was okay, but basically like this would be the choice I would normally make and would made when I was nineteen. But maybe I need to be open to other possibilities as she like looks back at uh, Zach. Like, Zach, like, he's like dealing with a vendor in the background or something. Yeah, like open to other things like getting fucked by a guy of questionable facial hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was funny too. It's like, this is the guy I would have picked when I was 19. Like, does she mean like young bro, Pastor Ted? Or like this bro, know. Pastor Ted? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. But Arya is like climbing into bed during this conversation, climbing into bed with Hannah. Uh, and Arya's like, look, can we talk about this later? I'm tired. Yeah, and Ella's just very, like... She's very curious, and then she's immediately dismissive. Well, there's nothing about Arya, really, in the in the offing there. So Exactly. exactly. Yeah, so Ella says, God, it used to be so much more fun. And Arya says, and then I grew up. Yeah. Which, just in your fucking dreams, Arya. Yeah, uh, I love the little exchange where she hangs up on Ella, and then Hannah says, what's up with your mom? And Arya says, she's a slut. Let's just get some sleep. Yeah. Well, I just, I just adored the fact that... Uh, Arya's just told two people to go to sleep, like in the <laughs> ten second span. Um, yeah, and then Arya and Hannah Spoon. Yeah, and a lot Arya, of fan fiction can be written from this. Arya crashes out and like just kind of disappears behind Hannah in the frame, and Hannah's left awake pondering things, kind of like looking at a doll. Anyway, so from there, you want to go talk about Hannah? Yeah, Hannah. Earlier in the episode, she's walking up to Spencer on the street. I like how they're talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they like kind of talk until they are within hearing range of each other. Well, I don't think Spencer realized how close Hannah was because mm-hmm. Spencer has this look on her face, just like, why are we on the phone? You're yeah. right there. <laughs> and she hangs up. Yeah. And Spencer's telling her that uh, Veronica's going to try to block the court order, but it takes more than a day to do that. And Hannah's like, try? And Hannah, or Spencer says, it's my mom. A try is as good as a win. Yeah. Calm down. For the Hastings, yeah. Yeah, Spencer asks, you know, if Arya's gotten in to see Moni at this point, and Hannah's like, I haven't heard anything yet. So behind Spencer, Hannah sees that a car is pulled up, um, and we'll just say that it's it's Jason DeLaurentis and his dad. Yeah, in a in a company car. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Kenneth DeLaurentis. So we, they never say his name, but his, according to the wiki, it's Kenneth. Right. Um, he is like a very tall, short, white-haired guy who. Probably like I would, I'll bet if you look up this guy's IMDb, he's played a couple like like high up but not featured military people. Or like, like he, he kind of has that bearing. Like uh, whenever like the hero detective like is in trouble, like there's like a tribunal or something. Yeah, yeah. Or like he's one of the cops, like the uniformed high up cops. He looks like an authoritarian asshole. Like he's not a detective. He's like you know like a uniformed high up cop. Um. Yeah, he'd be like a major uh, deputy officer or something. Uh, the wiki refers to him as enigmatic. I don't think he's enigmatic. Yeah, no, he's just an asshole. Yeah, uh, so anyway, they spot this guy and Jason getting out of a Delorentis company car. And Hannah's basically like, she doesn't want to go talk to him because she kind of assumes from Wilden that Mr. Delorentis, like, once has, like, personally asked for, like, Hannah's blood to be tested or something like that. The, that's the kind of impression for Hannah's blood. Yeah, um, yeah. And Spencer's like, you know, Wilden could be lying about that. Well, Spencer's like, do you want me to go talk to him? Hannah's like, no. And Spencer's like, well, then maybe you should, you know, like, I think I like the Spencer's. She's almost like Aria level of like dismissive of Hannah's problems. Mm-hmm. So in the next scene, Hannah is like watching from her car, like waiting for Mr. Delentris to walk out. Watching in her rear view mirror as he walks down the street. Yeah. So she gets out to talk to him and she wants to apologize for, you know, quote, what I did. But he's, yeah, he's very. We don't, we don't know what she did yet. He's very stiff and awkward as she approaches. Yeah. And they obviously have a history. And she's like, yeah, I swear I had, you know, I, I'm. I, I, or she talks about how like I wanted to like write you a letter like I'm so sorry about what I did I, I swear I had nothing to do with what's happening now I 
just want to see Allison at peace. And then he just like flips out and gets all like rage angry at her. Mm. He's like, a friend would never do what you did. At the time, it seemed like a childish prank. Seems like you've gotten crueler with age. It, it's like he's actually in the room with us right now. Yeah. And it's Hannah's just like, impression. ew. <laughs> yeah. He storms off. Hannah looks like kind of mortified. Um, so later that night, uh, this is right about the time that Arya has left Mona because visiting hours are over. Yeah, it's just nighttime. And Hannah's kind of walking up to the entrance of Radley to meet Arya there. And Arya's just like, oh, you don't have to come see me. And, and Hannah's just like, no, fuck that. We need some answers. Yeah. Um, Ar- Arya says that Mona said she's sorry. And she's like, you know, maybe she isn't involved. And Hannah's just like, no, no, sorry. Not enough. I need more info. I'm going in. Yeah. Which and I, I think it's funny at this point that this is Arya's, this is Arya's theory is that maybe Mona's innocent. Um, yeah. So she's, she's kind of going in and she's just like, Hannah's like kind of like Lance she's going in and, and Arya's like, whoa, whoa, whoa there, champ. Like visiting hours are over. And Hannah's just like, nah, it's fine. Nurse, nurse changed just in 20 minutes. And we can just go sneak in. <laughs> yeah. Arya, <laughs> I love, I love the, the exchange with these two are like, like Arya gives her a look and Hannah's just like, what? I've been here enough times. I know this. And Arya's like, yeah, that's not what the look is for. <laughs> but basically they, they argue a bit, but. Hannah's going in, so Arya's going in with her because friends don't let friends sneak into a sane asylums alone. Yeah, and Hannah's face is just like, nice one, you bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so back inside they go, and then the camera, for like maybe like a few moments too long, kind of like like pans and like hovers over the Radley sanitarium sign. Yeah, I don't know if that's really supposed to mean anything, or they should know how to end that scene. Yeah, but it's just like, okay, cut away. Yeah, now so cut away. <laughs> we're inside Radley now, and the girls are kind of like sneaking down the hallway. Um, they get to Mona's room and Arya's gonna wait outside while Hannah. I don't know in. how they didn't get caught because, like, you see the one employee walk down the hallway, and then they come around the corner. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way that guy did not see them. Well, they're just that good. Especially look at the way. So, and this is this is where my whole Hannah and Arya are the real person, and Hannah's the fake one, or the same person. And Hannah's the fake one coming to play because it's almost like Arya has to come with Hannah, like. It's the situation is so serious that the the imagined self isn't getting the results, and so the real one has to come too as like a chaperone. Well, imagine a problem so great that your entire consciousness mm-hmm. needs to be invested. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and yet, like initially, Hannah deposits Arya outside Mona's room as a lookout. Yeah. So Hannah goes in. There's no one in Mona's bed because, of course, Mona's sitting in a chair like right next to the door. The scene is. The way it's it's blocked out is very interesting to me because for a moment there, it read to me like Hannah's just walked into a completely empty room. Mm. She hears a noise and turns around, and now it's like Mona's always been sitting in this chair where previously there was no chair, no Mona before. Oh, and Hannah, I love the the delivery from from Mona, all very sweet and innocent. She's like, Hannah, what are you doing here? Is everything okay? And Hannah's mm. like, I'm being set up for killing a friend. What do you think? And Mona says, God, you poor thing. And Hannah's basically just like, save it. Yeah. Um, Ali's dad is back, and you're the only one who knows why you won't forgive me. Who else knows about it? So just then, Arya comes inside. And I love that she she walks in, and she, like, like plants herself right next to Hannah. Like, mm-hmm. like they're in this together. Like, they're, you know, they're Russ and Cole or whatever. Yeah, she says the nurse is coming. Or Russ and what's his name? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so Mona kind of gives Arya the this, this somewhat lighter version of the bitch death glare. And says, and what, is, what is she doing here? 
And Arya says, I never left. Which, as far as I'm concerned... No, she says, she never left. No, she left. never left, yeah. Which is, as far as I'm concerned, confirmation that Arya actually is Hannah. Yeah. She's just the another side of the personality there. Arya well, was always there. Mona then perfectly manipulates the situation because Arya's asked, you know, like, or said, like, you know, give her some answers. And so Mona just kind of, like, turns to Hannah and she's like, uh, can I? Can I say what's in front of her? Can I talk about that day? Can I talk about why Allison's dad hates you? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, Arya's just like, what? Hannah? What's going on? What don't I know? Blah, 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 blah. Well, and Mona's like, I won't say anything if you, if, uh, you don't want her to. Yeah. Um, a fun alternate reading of the scene is that when Arya comes in, the whole what is she doing here? Um, and does she know about that day? This could be Mona talking to the real A, Arya, and asking, what is she hannah doing here you know and does she know i i like that that's another fun way to read this scene makes you really really want to like go back and restudy you know uh aria watching mona make the house of cards Mm -hmm. so uh we get a little flashback to find out exactly what the what what is going on between hannah and that day and whatnot i like the way they kind of do it's a minor thing but the way the flashback starts is in the present day thing there's this kind of mini zoom on on hannah's face yeah she's telling mm-hmm. the story to to aria and then like we go into the flashback and we kind of zoom out of like allison's face on the misting poster which is like stapled to a tree yeah this was um we'll find out this is basically just after allison's body was found um so Mona is walking with Hannah in kind of like a central park area in like the center of town. Mm-hmm. And she's teaching Hannah a code. Uh, she, you'd say she lives under trees, which means slut. You take the first letter from each word. Basically and, an acrostic? Sure. It's a code that they can use to talk about people while they're like in front of them. Yeah. Which yeah. is wonderful. She lives under trees. Slut. These girls. <laughs> wonderful. So yeah, Hannah kind of sees the missing poster. She has like a moment of pause there, and she's not she's not in the mood for cool codes and word games with Mona, which is mm-hmm. crazy. And then a car like speeds up, like, like screeches to a stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like Allison's angry dad like jumps out and he comes running up. Oh, well, it's like, like Jason's kind of chasing behind. Like Dad, calm down, Dad. It, you know, it'd have been hilarious if they went and got the old Jason to play. I scene. know. I was totally thinking <laughs> about that. Like this guy, like in a suit, like <laughs> yeah. With, with a glass of like some serious scotch, yeah. Um, he like he marches up to Hannah. And he's just like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do the voice as well. You can you do it? Well, I don't have the whole dialogue. I have the, towards the end where he's just like, "How dare you, you fucking he's, bitch!" Yeah. Like, "How dare you? Do you have any idea what you did to my wife? You gave, you gave her, her hope. hope. <laughs> you gave her hope. How could you?" Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Jason has to pull him away because, um, and then come come back to present day, and the explanation is that Hannah. You know, she thought she the whole Ouija board thing with Allie being alive. So she called Mrs. De Laurentiis and told her that Allison is alive and yeah. that she's coming back. And three days later, they found the body. Yeah. And Mr. De Laurentiis will never forgive her for this. It's another stupid mistake that A can use to ruin her life is how she describes it. Some pretty cold-blooded mean shit there. Hannah. You gave her hope. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they didn't realize <laughs> while they were flashing back that Mona has slipped out of the room well like because hannah's like another stupid mistake that a can use to ruin my life and they're like oh speaking of a look over mona's gone yeah <laughs> like, god damn it yeah. take your eyes off that squirrely little bitch for one second so they start sneaking around the asylum at night and they basically well they basically track a mona down to an abandoned children's ward but we I should say that. we can't 
there's no way to to fully uh capture the vibe here but when they find that mona's gone Arya says please tell me you still have your keys and then it cuts to a car driving all crazy we'll get to that later it's not mona yeah um, it's, it's very it's kind of funny yeah but um as they're walking through the asylum like like trying to find mona Arya says at this point do you think that mona is still a <laughs> Like I want to point. Twenty minutes earlier, she thought Mona was completely innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they see a door that's ajar, and Hannah's like, "This door's always closed." Well, it's but a door it's like, to the children's ward. The children's ward, the established nineteen thirty-three. Yeah, the old like rustic lock is like laying on the ground, like broken off with tweezers in it. You know, they're used to pick it, and Hannah's like, "Hey, those are mine." And Arya's like, "You gave tweezers to a mental patient." <laughs> Arya just, just she can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. she's scandalized that Hannah would be that stupid. So they go and Hannah's. Well, Hannah's like obviously I didn't give them to her. She stole them from me. <laughs> so they go into the children's ward, which is basically out of a cross between like Resident Evil and like Bioshock. It's like the it's, creepiest fucking asylum yeah, children's ward ever. Pick some kind of like video game with slightly i don't know it's it's some kind of like it's almost like the ones like the japanese game designers take on like some kind of twisted americana i mean i put like this is like walking through part of a silent hill game um yeah they eventually find well there's i mean there's cobwebs on the wall there's uh like abandoned old cribs and like dolls and like creepy kid shit lying around i think i think the, the metaphor you usually see the visual metaphor you usually see is like some kind of like horror of like ancient surgical stuff or whatever yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's children's oh and they hear humming coming from somewhere inside yeah you hear if it Janelle wasn't creepy enough. Is like lovely but also incredibly haunting humming mm-hmm. um and so they eventually catch up to mona she's sitting in, in one room like combing a doll's hair and Arya's like what the fuck is she doing and so mona starts talking in cryptic phrases, I guess we'll say for now. The first phrase she uses is, Miss Arya, you're a killer, not Ezra's wife. Miss Arya, you're a killer, not Ezra's wife. That's and they're like, yeah. you know, and they're just kind of like, what the fuck, you know? And then she's, M- Mona says, where were we? Maya's away sleeping sweet until Gil- Garrett's all rosy. Count on me. Uh, repeats that once more. And they, they, I think at this point, Arya's like, oh, I think I hear somebody coming. And then Mona says, uh, no one to save Allie from evil. No one to save Allie from evil. Yeah. So, yeah, they hear the nurse, like, calling out for Mona, coming closer. Hannah is begging Mona for help at this point. And eventually, Arya's the one who's got to, like, Hannah, we get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. So they go hide in a closet. As some of the nurses come, they find Mona, drag her away. Well, and- Mona plays it very much like a, like a lost child. She's just like, yeah. no, you know. Well, she, she looks straight back at the two girls. And, and she says, I missed my dolls. I missed my dolls. Such a perfect encapsulation of Mona's character there. The liars are her dolls, and she missed them. Yeah, and and once everyone's gone, Ari and Hannah kind of step out of this old closet, and they're just basically like, what in the actual fuck? Well, to me, that's what's so interesting about Mona's A, is that I don't think Mona ever wants to kill them, because they're her dolls. Yeah. You know, she just wants to play with them and torture them. Yeah. What's always so funny to me is that there's clearly some kind of issue between her and Arya, even though Arya is, is really Hannah. Mm-hmm. And yet... That's probably what never, the issue is. <laughs> yeah, she never really harmed her relationship with Ezra. Um, 
suspiciously so because Arya's a yeah of course uh so then there's emily and and this is actually i really enjoy some of these scenes with emily. these scenes are fun mostly because of cc not because of fucking nate saint germain yeah uh, who shows up walking up to the exterior of the brew and he's like how's my favorite barista um, although I have to say it is oh. funny that like he's like uh, oh uh, what do you think of this like uh, gift I got for Jenna and it's some, like a, it's a scented candle some bullshit candle yeah <laughs> uh, Emily just smells it and it's like eh you know? no 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 hold on she takes off the lid and she starts to smell it like this is a real thing and right as she puts her nostrils to it he's like. I bought it for Jenna. And then she instantly recaps that thing and hands it back. And it's like, fuck this shit. Regardless of who it's for, that is a lame fucking gift. Especially for, as we're going to find out here, a first date. Yeah, he got it for her because they have a date and he didn't get her anything for that party. So, you know. But, uh, yeah, all the candles, all the scented candles smell like hairspray. So he got the one with the nicest name. Um, and Emily says something like, oh, the candle's fine. Or, this candle's fine. Jenna will love it. She has an excellent sense of smell. I mean, she is dripping. Well, she says acidic Jenna will love it. She has a highly developed sense of smell. Yeah. Nate is clueless. He's just like, come on, Emily. I need your help here. You and Jenna are good friends. And Emily's face is like, she's like, we fuck? are. Who told you that? Jenna. Yeah. yeah. And then Nate says, you know, Jenna says some really nice things about Maya. And Emily is like disgusted. Jenny, yeah. Oh, Maya. And he's like, no, no, she did. Uh, Maya gave her home, gave her rides home a few times. Yeah. And like, it's funny, like, cause Nate's basically like, oh, you got to come help me shop for a better gift. He's totally not picking up on like Emily's hate vibes about Jenna here at all. He's not picking up on the fact that like Emily has a look on her face like she just shit her pants. Mm-hmm. And, and Nate's just like, anyway, I'll let you get back to work, but you call me on your break. Yeah. So later on, Emily and Nate are over at the, the boutique of Cece. Um, yeah, and and Cece's like showing them some shit. I just want to say a real quick thing. Like they're standing in the middle, and like the decorations immediately behind them. On the wall, there's a <laughs> painting three, the of three-eyed a three-eyed baby. A humongous three-eyed Asian baby sitting on top of a bunch of watermelons. This is in front of that is what looks like it's i guess it's like it's a it's a stand it's a rack it's furniture it's what looks like a tree that has a bunch of really fugly scarves hanging off of it mm-hmm. yeah um so cc's showing them something or other and she's just like these are everywhere in la right now yeah so they're shopping for something for jenna and he's not really into whatever cc was pitching and so because well, he's He's reading everything based off of Emily's reaction. Yeah. And he's actually finally picking up that Emily has this kind of like <laughs> look on her face the whole time, <laughs> which he takes to mean like, obviously, this thing that Cece's showing me is not good enough. Yeah. And so Cece's like, why don't you go over there to like pick out some of our like hot scars that we just got in, you know, pick out some of your price range and then we'll pick the best one. Yeah. Then we'll pick out like the least. Basically, go away for a while so I can girl talk with Emily here. So once he's gone, and, and Cece calls him handsome, which never really feels genuine. Like, like he's a customer and she knows it. Um, once he's gone, but then again, I don't know. So Cece asks Emily for some details, like, what's her name? Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, she's, she's like, it's obvious that, uh, you, you know, you've got an issue here with this gent, whoever he's dating. Yeah. And, and Cece assumes that Emily's into Nate and she says, if you don't want to tap that, then you're either blind or, oh, you're the one. Yeah. And Emily's like, the one what? The one with the giant crush on Allie. Well, and I like how Emily's just like, 
well, great. Thanks a fucking lot, Allie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like she's thinking, Jesus. Like, I mean, that's just embarrassing. Yeah. So Cece's like, so if you don't like him, why do you care if he's in a gen or not? Is she a bitch or something? <laughs> and Emily's just kind of like, she's long pause. Something. Something. Yeah. Yeah. And Cece's like, well, then you should tell him. Yeah. Do him, do him that favor. No. Um, and Nate calls Emily over and he's just like, he's got like a scarf. Uh, and Emily's like, I don't like it, but Jenna would. Or something oh, she's, like that. No, she says, like, uh, but I'm not Jenna. Yeah. And I think, like, that that phrase is, like, pregnant with so many meanings that Nate's not picking up on yet again. Um, then he holds up some ugly earrings, and he's like, oh, you know, Maya had something like this. And Emily's like, yeah, she did. I bought them for, like, a week before, you know. And then she's like, well, how did you know that? And he's like, oh, she must have been wearing them in a picture she sent me. Um. So he then holds Emily, up a really gross looking necklace. And Emily's just starting to get a little annoyed. She's like, well, how much are you going to spend here? Yeah. And he's just like, I wouldn't be bothering it. Or it's like, you know, don't bust my chops. I wouldn't be bothering if the hottest girl in Rosewood wasn't available or oh. interested in guys. In case you weren't sure who he was talking about. Yeah. Emily's face is like, did he just say that shit to me? And then, yeah. It's like, and then, uh, then Cece walks up and she looks at whatever dumbass thing that nate's holding his hand and mm-hmm. she's like like perfectly like bullshitty she's just like you totally picked my favorite yeah obviously a lie yeah yeah you're always better off with a really good one of those so we get a scene emily is kind of sat nate down at the brew on that one couch that's like the liar's personal place to sit mm-hmm. and she's like look i need to tell you this jenna used to date garrett and she's trying to tell him this is in like Jenna's bad news, but he like he's just like, oh, thank you, yeah, I understand. No, I totally get it. Wow, you know she, she could have been, been his next, next victim. victim. Yeah, yeah. And Emily's like, that's not what I meant. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry, Emily, I won't let on that uh, I know. You know. Yeah. And then he's just like he thanks her for telling him and being a good friend. And then he like he touches her thigh. He like pats he her leg. Yeah. Yeah. Then then he leaves. And again, Emily's face is just like, like what the fuck happened to that moment? You know? Yeah. She's just like, Ugh, how, how did, how never did mind. Happen? Yeah. <laughs> um. So later it's nighttime. Emily's leaving work. She's walking away from the brew and she runs in the CC as she's like closing up her shop. And Cece just kind of like looks at Emily's coffee cup, you know, which is a coffee cup and it's got a lid on everything. And she's just like, Americano, straight. At least your coffee anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, the coffee leaks. I assume that was because she knew what Emily's order was from Allison. Maybe that's a little too much detail, but. But still, that's a weird comment to make about her sexuality. Eh, I mean, Cece seems like the type of girl who would make that comment. Oh yeah, she would. But I guess I guess my bigger problem with this interaction is Emily doesn't seem as bothered as I feel like she should be. You know, I think Emily is assuming that this is like more like stuff Allie told her. That's how I I read it. It's like Allie told her that Emily's the one who drinks Americanos, and so it's she's not reacting the way she would if just anyone had said that. You know, she's like Allison's on her mind. Eh, maybe. Um, so Cece asks if Emily had that chat with Nate and well, Emily, with Handsome. With Handsome, yeah. Yeah. You handsome. tell Handsome about Jenna. Quarterback. And he's like, it did, but it didn't really work. I think I made him like her even more. <laughs> so she's Cece's like, Oh well at least you tried. Speaking of which, I should give you my number. I love this scene. Oh, and yeah. so Emily <laughs> says, like, sure, and she hands over her phone. And Cece's like going through Emily's phone and she's like, Hey, do you see do you see Allison's like like big brother around much? 
And Emily's like, yeah, sure. I see Jason around. And as he sees listening, she's like going through Emily's phone. She pulls out Jenna's number. Yeah, pulls out Jenna's number. And then he looks back at her phone, either like like typing that number. And then she's just like, Does, is, is he single or whatever? And she hands Emily her phone back. It's all very casual, mm-hmm. very quick, very nonchalant. And Emily's like, she's about to answer this question. And Cece's like, oh, wait, you know, hold on a second. She, she like holds a hand up. Yeah. It all, uh, almost the same move that Aria does to her mom mm-hmm. earlier. And she she calls somebody and she's just like, hi, is this Jenna? Oh, the better question is, who the hell are you? And why are you going out with my boyfriend? And Emily, like, she registers, she takes her second register and she's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, Emily's <laughs> like, holy shit, you know, like, this is an ambush. Uh, yeah. And then, like, Cece's just like, well, I don't know what you heard, you know, right? I don't, I don't know the exact dialogue, but she's oh, basically, sorry, I have it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, you didn't? Because I think you did know and you just didn't care. But here's what I know. If I ever see you anywhere around with Nate again, I'll scratch your eyes out. And, and then she hangs up. And Emily's like, she used to be blind. And Cece's, and Cece's like, LOL. Yeah, she's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, yeah, she's, she does not feel bad. And she's like, what? It's not like we shot a unicorn here. We're helping out your friend. <laughs> but I love, I love that Emily's first complaint is she used to be blind. <laughs> Well, because of the eyes thing, you know, scratch out her eyes. Oh, you know, you know but it's yeah. not like, oh my god, I can't believe you just did that, you psychopath. It's like, you, she used to be blind, you can't say that. <laughs> yeah, so, then then Cece turns around, like, do you want me to call her back and tell her I was kidding? And then he's just like, oh my god, no, what the hell, you know? And then yeah. Cece's like, that's what I thought. Problem solved. See you around, Americano. It's a wonderful introduction to the character of Cece. You immediately, within this just one episode, you're like, oh, this is who Cece is. She's like, she's Allison's Allison. Yeah, Emily is just like staring at her remote, just like, oh my, what, what, you know, and then she wanders off. But like, mm-hmm. the only thing I would have changed about this scene is if Cece had actually made the phone call from Emily's phone and then <laughs> dropped Emily's phone like it was the mic before yeah. she walked off. I think the only reason she didn't probably is just because Jenna would have been like Emily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so later on that night, Emily passes by the Apple Rose Grill and she sees through the window that there's Nate Saint Germain who's been stood up and stood up. In this scene, she has that sad Emily face because Emily always feels bad about everything. In this scene, I have three notes, which is Emily passes by the window. He's definitely been stood up. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Um. So Spencer, you're a creep, Nate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be, well, no, I, there's just no way to work that whole, uh, if only the pretty scroll in Riswood wasn't, you know, was available. Like, not only is she not available, but she's not interested in dudes. Like, I, there's just no point in making that comment. On top of it, every friendship is different. Um, there can be issues with, you know, friendships between men and women. But it's it's the well, it's funny, like in the level of physical contact, there's a romantic comedy version of this where that works in a different situation. Yeah, this is not that situation. It's, but I mean, it's, like, it's creepy, not endearing. You know, if you're a guy and your friend is a woman, it's one thing to pat her on the shoulder or to touch her shoulder or her arm. It's another thing to touch her thigh or knee and especially to pat it like like she's a child or a pet. Yeah. Uh, I just Nate's there's nothing creep. there's nothing about this guy that I like. And then like I love Cece. I I absolutely love her. She's insane, she's bonkers. But then she calls him handsome. And at first I was like really bothered by that. 
<laughs> Maybe she guys, just calls everyone that. Yeah, I wonder. Like, because he just seems so creepy and weird. But, uh, yeah, so there's Spencer. We're. My first notes on Spencer just say, look at those fucking boots, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's seen the thing where she's sitting at a bench out in front of school, and she's, her legs are so long that her knees are kind of like pushed together as she sits on the bench, uh, looking through a, an old yearbook. And working on a computer at the same time. Yeah, she's got like an open old yearbook in her lap, and she's kind of turned sideways to look at her laptop. She Mm -hmm. has, the yearbook is opened up to the page with Cece Drake's photo on it. Which, this is the same yearbook that uh, long ago, like uh, Jason Garrett Garrett and uh, Ian were all in. So Cece's from like their their time period. Just uh, raise your glass, uh, you know, maybe pour one out for your fallen homies, but, like, really just toast to, like, uh, Ian's yearbook photo. Yeah. Yeah. That wonderful yearbook photo. So, uh, and then she's leaning over on her laptop there, making an entry for Cece Drake and Kate May, like, in her her virtual simulacra A-layer. Yeah, summer, summer of Cece Drake. She's at her, like, online evidence wall. Mm-hmm. And then fucking Toby shows up. Toby shows up, so she goes around very quickly. Closes She's like, the Toby, yearbook, what are you doing here? Closes the laptop. Toby's still pissed about the church thing. He's like, I didn't feel like leaving another message. I want to know why you lied to me. And so She's she like, plays it off as like, I had to help Jason with that thing about the anklet, you know? And he's like, so what? You needed something to keep me busy for the night? Yeah. And so she's like, well, look, uh, you know, I haven't given up. Like, that, that anklet doesn't prove anything, and... You know, no matter what they say, and he's kind of like, he's like, basically starts kind of questioning, like, why she still doesn't believe it, you know? And right. she says, why are you challenging me? Yeah. She's <laughs> a great Spencer line. Prior, uh, prior to that, Spencer, basically, she refuses to admit that Garrett could possibly be innocent just because something like evidence. Yeah. Would evidence isn't going to get in the way of uh, her yeah, certitude. God damn it, she's positive that he's the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Toby reminds her that, you know, once upon a time, evidence made him look pretty guilty of killing Addison, Allison. That it could be, you know, evidence can be, like, distorted. It can be taken out of context. You know, it's made him slower to pass judgment on people. And the look on Spencer's face is just like, ew. Yeah. Well, because Toby's like, you know, I used to be a suspect of yours. And so I've learned. And she's just like, whatever. Like, I have to go to class. But yeah, I mean, like, Toby, there's times when Spencer can actually use your perspective, mm-hmm. and there's times when, like, just shut up and be abs, you know? I'd say his advice is not bad here. Oh, but, you know, it's, but, not, it's, not, that it's not that it's bad yeah. advice, it's that this is not the time when Spencer's open to receiving mm-hmm. advice. She just kind of, like, wordlessly walks away from because him. She's, Spencer's trying to recover from a huge failure basically yeah. i mean she yeah. was like freaking out at the end of the last episode like yeah, she's got to throw herself thing. back into her work and find a new plan you know like she's she's got to get she's back coping. in the game she's mm-hmm. coping and he's challenging that yeah why um, are you challenging me so after school spencer runs into jason she runs into him because he's jogging around the school like a weirdo he's um, out jogging because he uh didn't want to like screw up the basketball game he was in because he's 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 all like mopey here about how like you know it's all his fault with the evidence and spencer's like i'm sorry you know like uh no one blames you and he's like oh yeah like what do you think my father thinks he's just yeah, another he's, screw up you know yeah he feels like a loser again mm-hmm. yeah so because you, you mentioned it he feels like he'd hurt less people running around the block 
than if he went to that basketball game or whatever. Mm-hmm. I still, it's still very nebulous. What the hell is this guy's position with the school? I think he's the school bro. He's the bro. <laughs> we have a bro on staff. It's all he's, good. Well, he's the uh, like the cautionary tale, like the scared straight bro. Yeah. They're like, you better shape up or you could be this loser coming back and hanging out at high school can 10 I, years later. Can I just say that like he gets he gets like a bunch of at-risk kids in a room and he's like, this was me a year ago. And he holds up the picture <laughs> of the original Jason. <laughs> this is me after drugs. This is your brain on drugs. You're like, yeah. wow, that like Shit. totally changed you. Yeah. I mean, you look different, man. Yeah. Um, so... Spencer's kind of asked the question, like Jason mentions he's going to go pick up his dad from the airport. Spencer kind of asked the questions like, yeah, your parents, what do they think? Do they think that, you know, Garrett is guilty or not? And he basically says, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. I never did, you know. Oh, and he's just like, what does he say here? He's like, I'm done looking for answers. I'm not a detective or a lawyer. And he kind of says that, like staring at Spencer, like, and neither are you basically is the implication. Oh, it's a little bit like neither are you, and it's a little bit like, hey, Spencer, I know we brought this up before, and it's been a, a sore spot between us, but fuck your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spencer then offers that she's met CeCe Drake this morning, and he's just like, or she's like, I didn't even know that she and Allison were friends. She said that you guys had spent like an intense summer together, and Jason's just kind of like, <laughs> everything of CeCe's intense. And Spencer's like, uh, did it end on a bad note? And it's like, well, first, he stares at her for like 20 seconds, like making rude faces. And he's like, you could say that. Well, first, after he says everything of CeCe's intense, like Spencer's face is just like, what does that mean? She's like, I'm going to need more. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to use your words, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Um, did Jason it end on then, a bad note? You could say that. And he just like stares at her for a while longer and then just like leaves. <laughs> Spencer's yeah. like that was not a satisfactory answer. <laughs> Spencer's like, where's where's my screaming pillow? I need to go <laughs> do that again. Um, so at night, Spencer's like driving around in her car, and honestly, I just want to see it at some point where Spencer's just like singing along to the radio or something light, you know, singing "Bitch" by uh, what was her name? Meredith. Something? Meredith Brooks. Meredith Brooks. Yeah, like Al- I'm a Allison mother, style. I'm a lover. Yeah. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Um, Al- Allison from Orphan Black, I should say. Um, oh right on right on. Yeah. beautiful um yeah so then this is the thing where like there's some kind of car just like careening through the yeah like zooms right past her and she's like jason and then like the car crashes up ahead yeah. and so spencer drives up and gets out it's it's one of the dealer like construction cars like a, you know uh, a realty cars yeah yeah it says construction He's- on it Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. He's so they do realty and construction. So he's fine. He's in the he's sitting still sitting in the passenger Airbag seat. Airbag did not seem to have deployed. No, he's in the yeah. driver's seat. He's in oh he's in the driver's yeah. seat. He's fine. He's sitting there. He like, you know, he's crashed into some car in front of him. Like yeah, parked he's, car. He's not physically hurt. He just has a bad case of the woe is me's. Um, well, he, he's he's drunk. Yeah. Yeah, he's especially as he's drunk and he's just like, yeah, maybe they'll lock me up with Garrett. And I love that Spencer is just like Huh. Move over. Well, he's like, I can finally get some justice. Uh, and so Spencer's just like, move over. She like pushes him over, gets in the car and drives it away. Like leaving her SUV still running door open lights on right in the middle of the street. Also, she can save his goofy ass, but this is, I love it. Cause like in the chase scene version of any kind of action movie, it's always like the male character mm-hmm. barking at the female lead to move over. 
I wonder if there's like a a tally somewhere of all the crimes Spencer Hastings has committed. I mean, here we have a, if not the hit, then the run. Yeah. Yeah. Participation in a hit and run. I would, I would actually love to see that, that video on YouTube of just like literally every character, like character by (laughs) character, the crimes they have committed. How many years they would have to do? Yeah. Oh, that would that would be such a that'd be wonderful. That'd be a great note. Great note. Um. So later, Spencer shows up at her house. I love that we don't we don't see what happened to Jason. She probably yeah. just takes. She just home. walks in, kind of in a hurry. Toby's there waiting, and he's just like, "What took so long?" And she's like, "I need to ride in my car." You know, no time. Yeah, I need to ride in my car. And had to like, give Jason huh? a ride, and he's like, "What's she's, going on?" He's like, "Your car's not here." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what's going on? And then the cops show up like immediately before she can even like give an explanation. Uh, It's Wilden and some guy in a uniform. And they're like, oh, he found your car near the scene of a hit and run. And Spencer's like, okay, I'm fine if that's what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a very, very saucy line to throw back in Wilden's face. Yeah. And he's like, you didn't report your car stolen. And so she's drawn a blank from it, which is a first in Spencer world. And Toby quickly is the one who jumps in with, well, you know, we've been here all night. I picked her up after work today. And then he gives her this look like I, it's partly like Spencer, get your shit together. Look, it's also I felt like a little bit of a like, how often do I get to do this? Yeah. And Spencer, he, he says, Spencer. How many times do I have to tell you, like, to lock your door? It's not the 1950s. How many times do I tell you to lock your door, Spence? That's and Spencer's like, yeah, it's such a terrible habit, as she's, like, staring right at Wilden and, like, almost laughing as she says it. And Wait, Wilden's she's... just, like, staring right back at her. His eyes say, I know you're lying, but I can't do anything right now. Yeah, it's like, his eyes, I think, literally narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like, we'll talk later. <laughs> And I, I always like, I don't know, the other, the uni, the uni cop was very interesting, I thought. But I almost felt like as they walked out Spencer's like driveway, he was just like, good one, Detective Wilden. You really showed those teenagers or whatever. I only care about, uh, Officer Barry. All the other uni cops to me are just. This guy seemed like, mm-hmm. like he was like literally the guy you get when Officer Barry's not around. Although mm-hmm. we've never seen Officer Barry with like Wilden, have we? Maybe. I'm not sure. Like Officer Barry is like the only good cop on the force. Like he mm-hmm. won't share scenes with Wilden. Um, so Toby is just like, "What the fuck just happened here?" You know, I, I did just lie to the cops. You know, we haven't addressed why Toby's here. I assume so, it's to use Spencer's bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just sitting on her couch when she comes home. He probably came over thinking, "Well, I'll use the bathroom and we can have some dinner or something." Used the restroom and then just like waited around forever. And just That's why stared, like, what took stared so off long. in space. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know what? He's just like, like, I love Spencer, but like, I need to show her that I'm serious. I'm, I'm taking, I'm not to be trifled with. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go upstairs to her room and like leave an upper decker. <laughs> Take that, Hasey. <laughs> uh, so he's just like, like, what the fuck, Spencer? And she's like, Spencer's like, look, Jason is drunk. And Toby's like, I just committed a felony. Like those cops. Like, what are you, what are you getting me into? And so Spencer's basically just like, sorry, don't tell. Yeah, exactly. The only thing missing is for her to be like, if you ever loved me, yeah, <laughs> don't really. tell anyone. Um. So then we get our ending. We get a couple closing of closing scenes. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Back to Ari's bedroom. Hannah is, you know, laying there next to Arya. She's tossing and turning. She looks over and sees that the time is 1138, which maybe it's a THX reference. I don't know. 
it's um, not very late, really. No, it's like, not. You can't sleep. It's not even midnight. Yeah, and I mean, even in high school, I was up to yeah. midnight, I think. And then she, she kind of hears in her head Mona's uh, uh, no one to save Valley from evil, you know. Um, she hears that, and then she, like, you know, something collapses in her brain, and she figures it out. And so Lyra meetup time, Spencer and Emily have, have joined Arya and Hannah. Yeah, in, they're in, they're in, in uh, Arya's, Arya's room. room. They're all sitting on Arya's massive bed. And I love mm-hmm. that on one side of the bed is Hannah and Arya. On the other side is Spencer and Emily. So, yeah, Arya's kind of sitting back from, from Hannah a little bit because Hannah's taking the lead on this. And Arya looks exhausted. Arya's just not interested, yeah. Yeah, uh, she but she she looks like you know like maybe running around pretending to be two people all day. It's mm-hmm. really taking a toll on her tiny frame. Being um, both people at the same time, yeah. Uh, so Hannah is kind of explaining the code, and she says, you know, Mona probably didn't want to talk in front of Arya, so she reminded me of that day that she taught me this. And Arya's like, <laughs> so it's my fault? You gave the girl a pair of tweezers. Well, I love that she's like because Arya was there. She doesn't trust her. Mm-hmm. So Spencer kind of figures out quickly that, you know, this, this one particular code means like not safe. Well, like uh, Emily is like kind of gives her this look and Spencer's like, it's not that difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a very advanced code. Yeah. So then they realize that the, that the other phrase that Mona gave them is a website. www.masssugar.com. Yeah. This was the, where were we? Uh, Maya's way sleeping sweet until Garrett's all rosy count on me. So www.massugar.com and Emily Emily points out that MAS are Maya's initials and so they go to the website and here's here's a PLO mystery that I'm Mm -hmm. satisfied never getting the answer to whatever the fuck Maya's middle name is don't care Um, probably like Antoinette or something oh gross so Um, they, they go to the website it's a big ass picture of fucking Maya uh, and then like a little password prompt. And, and what, and what did the word say? It says, what's the magic word? Yeah. She's giving like a peace sign too, right? Yeah, she's giving yeah. a fucking peace sign. God damn, Maya. And so Spencer says, I don't suppose like crazy slipped you the password as well. <laughs> no. And Arya is just like, did Mona mean she's not safe or we're not? Because yeah, that, so that might involve Arya and thus be important. Yeah. So then nice kind of like, like ending on like just like that, like blank password field. Um, mm-hmm. then we get our A tag. Yeah. Cut to a wandering through the children's ward at Radley. Um, there's like all these like weird dolls and incubators and A pulls the head off one. It's like kind of like struggle. Oh, no, first yanks the head off. First, it looks like A is literally strangling this doll. Yeah, but then it, the, the head comes off, and inside there's a little digital recorder, yeah. and A takes it out and plays the conversation. It's, you hear some of uh, Hannah and Arya talking to Mona, talking about like the nurses are on their way or whatever. Um, so A is apparently listening in on conversations with Mona, Arya, and Hannah, mm-hmm. which would imply that there's more than just Mona for sure going on here. Right, right, that Mona's being recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um it's well, so one thing they never translated in the codes. Uh, so we had the not safe and the uh, Moss Sugar website. The other one was Miss Arya, you're a killer, not Ezra's wife, which translates to Maya knew. 
So and I, and I what did Maya love, knew? Or no? Yeah, I kind of yeah. love that that they didn't translate though, because I think that's that's one of those great things for like it gives your fans something to do. Yeah, and they're just kind of like, uh, they, like they, maybe they write it on a piece of paper, and then they're just, oh shit, Maya knew something. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, MossSugar.com apparently redirects you to ABC Family website if that still works. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to bother testing it. I'll take yeah. your word for it. Yeah, so I just read that wiki. Um, so Jenna may have known Maya. Maybe Jenna just said that to like impress Nate St. Germain. I don't know what that means, impressing Nate St. Germain. But uh, yeah, like again, the wiki refers to Kenneth De Laurentiis as a quiet, intimidating, enigmatic middle-aged man. Not in the wiki, but worth bringing up. The you're all, trust, Take it from me, you're all better off the really good lie. That mm-hmm. is a line that Allie has in the hallucination that Hannah has of her in S one eleven moments later when mm-hmm. Allison comes to Hannah's hospital bed uh, and says, "You think the truth is a big shiny disco ball of purity? Then go ahead and try it. See what it gets you. Telling the truth to the wrong person at the wrong time is how I ended up where I did. Take it from me, you're always better off with a really good lie." So that is apparently a philosophy she either learned or shares with Cece, Cece Drake. Mm-hmm. Or CC Drake gave it to her. Sure to learn from, yeah. Uh, so that is the episode. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Who is crazy? Oh, it's what's it's Mona. Or yeah. Well, according I, to Spencer, it's Mona. According to Spencer, yeah, but I mean I think he could make an argument that all the liars are insane. Oh yeah, we found it out. On a regular basis, they're all nuts. Yeah. So that's what our whole podcast is about. Next episode is called Stolen Kisses. We'll be talking about that next time. Can't wait. Until then, any final thoughts? No, just uh, still kind of chuckling at the uh, side of poor sad Nate St. Germain being stood up by Jonathan. Miss Arya, you're a killer, not Ezra's wife.